Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening, everyone. Welcome again to our evening study time during our worship time. As we think about our theme for the day, which is focus. This morning we discuss the idea that focus can fail, things can mess up. But Paul said, don't lose your focus. That's what this text that was just read tells us. Stay on task. Don't lose your focus. And we saw in the person and the life of Job a man whose focus was challenged. But he met every single challenge. And he could say, I will not speak wickedness with my lips, and I hold to my own righteousness. Job was successful in the challenge to his focus. But there is another side to that idea that we need to think about for a few minutes tonight. And that is the side that says, okay, but what happens when my focus fails? I often hear on radio when I'm listening to this particular station that there is a commercial that comes up quite often. It is a commercial from another church up in Lexington. And the person doing the commercial is the preacher there. And he made this statement. He said, I often hear from people, they ask the question, how many times will God forgive me? His next statement in answer to that is a good statement. He says, it's not about how many times God forgives, but what is the attitude of the one seeking forgiveness? Certainly it is true that God will forgive anyone who repents. God will be patient with anyone who is striving to be what he wants. God is on our side. He wants what's best for us. He's not trying to find a way to cut us off. So he's going to be there. He will stay faithful. He will be there for us whenever we are there for him. Therefore, have you ever thought about that? Has that ever entered your mind? I wonder if God's going to forgive me again. I wonder if he is upset with me again. And I keep coming to him over and over because my focus keeps failing. Is God going to continue to forgive me when my focus fails? That's a question that haunts us at times, I'm sure. And I want to take a few minutes tonight and let us consider by the life of another man what to do when focus fails. I'm not sure there is another one whom we could use better to learn from than the life of Peter. Peter was an interesting fellow. Peter is the kind of guy that most of us think, that's sort of like me. 
I mean, if you're going to go compare yourself to someone in Scripture, likely it won't be Paul. It'll be Peter because Peter just seems always to keep messing up. Here's the thing about Peter. Peter had an intense and impulsive character. There were times that Peter, because of his intensity, just said some things that seemed to be off the cuff and not well thought out. It was the emotion of the moment that was guiding him. For instance, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus took Peter and James and John specially on a mountain and he had them be with him there as he was transfigured before them. That is, he was filled, as the text says, in, with clothing that was as bright as any launderer could make them. And he was overcome with the Spirit of God. And standing there with him were two others from the Old Testament time. Peter was overcome with the moment. And he, in his impulsivity, jumped up and said, Hey, let's build three tabernacles. His intensity was, this is outstanding. Three of the greatest people who have ever been are right here. I want to worship them. His thought, his mind, or his, his emotion was real, intense. Impulsively, he said something that Jesus had to correct him. Or how about Matthew 19? Jesus looked at his disciples and he said to them, It is hard for a rich man to get into heaven. He said, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Well, Peter, looking at his situation, because all of them apparently had just walked away from their lives, walked away from their business, walked away to be with Jesus, and impulsively, Peter just jumped up and said, Well, what are we going to have? Because we've left everything. I don't think Peter was bragging and conceited or being selfish. I think his intensity was, wow, if giving up everything means great reward in heaven, we've done it. What are we going to get? And Jesus, I think, realized that Peter just impulsively said stuff. It happened again in John 13. You know the story. Jesus came in to that meal before his crucifixion. And he got up and he's washing the disciples' feet, the text says. And he came to Peter and Peter said, You will not wash my feet. Jesus said, Well, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. And immediately he turned and said, not just my feet, also my head and my hands. Peter was not being 
he was not wrong there, meaning his, in, his intensity for serving the Lord was based upon what Jesus just said. If I get part with you for washing my feet, well, maybe I get all with you if I wash everything. But his impulsivity had him say something. Jesus responded, you're already clean, but not all of you. The text even says that Jesus said not all of you are clean because he's talking to Peter about what he was going to do later. A final thing that shows the intense impulsivity of Peter after the resurrection of Jesus... Peter has gone back to his job of fishing and he's out on a boat way out there and been fishing all night and caught nothing. And Jesus appeared on the shore and said, hey, throw your nets on the other side. And Peter looked up from the boat in the sea and said, it's the Lord. And immediately he jumped in the water to swim to him. He couldn't even wait until the boat came to shore. You see, Peter had an intense and an impulsive character. But there were times when Peter's focus failed. And when it failed, it was his impulsivity that led the way. When Peter lost focus, it was because he allowed his impulsive nature to take over. And that's what caused him trouble. Notice, if you will, how this plays itself out. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is a story that you know quite well. Jesus has sent the disciples on ahead in a boat to cross over to the other side. They, he's been preaching and teaching all day. And, and the crowds have gathered. And Jesus is tired. And he's going to go off for a little while. And he's going to join them on the other side. And while they were in the boat going to the other side, the boat was being tossed by waves. And in the fourth watch of the night, verse 25... Jesus came to them and he's walking on the sea. And of course the disciples saw it and their reaction was, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's me. Now here is Peter. You would expect it from him, not the others. Lord, if it is you, bid me come walking to you on the water. Just like Jesus was walking on the water, coming to the disciples, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me walk to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. And the Bible says that Peter got out of the boat and he began to walk toward Jesus. But the next words say, but when he saw the sea he began to sink. Peter's focus failed. Lord, save me! And Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. When they got into the boat, 
Jesus looked at Peter and said, Why did your faith fail? Peter, a great man, lost faith for a moment. His focus failed because his impulsive nature was leading the way. He just wanted to act without continuing to think, without continuing to have his mind in the right place. And therefore, in that moment, he lost faith because he let his impulsive nature take over. Impulsivity causes people to act in ways that maybe they wouldn't if they would think. Because here was a man who went all out for Jesus jumping in the water. But suddenly, he was just all out. You see, focus can fail. Peter was not immune. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Here's another text in which we see the focus of Peter fail for a moment. Starting in verse 13, Jesus asks the disciples who the people that they are talking with says that he is, and they gave a lot of answers. And then Peter said, when Jesus asked, well, who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him and said, you didn't think of this. This has come to you from God. And he was blessing Peter at the moment. If you go down to verse 21... Jesus then continually was telling them about what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be uh, arrested and beaten and crucified. And notice what happens in verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This will never happen to you. That word rebuke is interesting. It's the same word that Jesus used when he got up in the boat to rebuke the waves and the wind to calm it down. And that's what Peter did to Jesus. His impulsive nature caused him to launch out and say, Oh no, this is not going to happen. I'm going to set you straight here, Lord. We're not going to allow this to happen. And notice what Jesus said in verse 23. Get behind me, Satan. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of this world. Peter allowed his impulsive character to lead him. And in that situation, Jesus rebuked him. Here is a man who was willing at one moment to confess that Jesus was who he said he was. And in the next moment, rebuked Jesus for what he said. His focus failed. 
the most obvious focus fail of Peter was during the trial of Jesus. Before they came to the trial time, he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And there the soldiers came and arrested him. And as they had bound him and were going to lead him off, Peter had a sword and drew it and cut off one of the servant's ears. And Jesus stopped him and said, put that sword away. And he healed the man's ear. And in just a little while, while Jesus was going on trial, Peter came in the courtyard of the courthouse to see what was going on. The first two who approached him, two young ladies said, you are one of his disciples. Then another man came up and said the same thing three times. Peter's focus failed and he denied that he even knew Jesus and was even cursing and swearing in that. His focus failed. One moment. He's ready to fight as he brandished his sword. The next moment. He is fearful of two young girls. Peter, a man whose focus failed. Do you ever think about the times that your focus has failed? Do you beat on yourself because you have at times allowed the impulsiveness of the temptation of sin to take over, and that's what it is. Temptation is oftentimes about the moment. What's happening right now? How are you feeling right now? What do you need right now? And the temptation comes to meet that in a physical way, and your focus fails, and then you beat on yourself, and you're upset with yourself, Peter, in that last moment of failed focus, went out and wept bitterly. Maybe you have wept tears at the failure of your focus. But this should not be a time of being down about it. Peter is a great example of one who refocused. What happened when his focus failed? His impulsivity led. But what happened when he refocused? His intensity of his faith led the way. We see a great change in Peter. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13... As the church has now begun, Peter, the lead spokesman, the text says that the people noticed the boldness of Peter and John. Oh, they were intense. Their boldness made them stand. The intensity of their faith was undeniable. What did they see in Peter? Right there in chapter 4, 
the authorities arrested them and said, you're not going to preach and teach anymore. And they said, if it's right to serve you more than God, you judge. But we can only do what we think we should do. We can only do what God wants. In chapter 5, they've gone out teaching again, and they've brought them back in. Didn't we tell you to stop? And they said, to obey God, if you think we should obey God or you, we have to obey God and not men. You see, Peter became the man, even though his focus had failed, when he refocused, he understood what it was like to stand on principle and not on people. When your focus has failed, when you've cried because you've messed up, go back and re-examine the principle. Probably what happened. You set aside your principle for the temptation that was there, maybe people who led you into that, causing the focus to fail. Number two, In chapter 5, verses 40 to 42, these men were seeing that, man, these guys aren't going to quit. And so they brought them in and they warned them, don't you do this anymore. And they beat them and then sent them out. And the Bible says that they were glad to suffer shame for his name. And then they were found teaching continually in the temple. When Peter refocused his life, When he refocused, he was able to appreciate substance over suffering. Maybe your focus failed because you were afraid of what was going to happen to you. Maybe your focus failed because somebody was making fun of you. Peter is the one who teaches us that when you refocus, the substance of what you're doing is so much more important than whatever suffering might come because of it. When focus fails, go back to the substance and it will help you get through the suffering. We learn more about Peter in the words that he wrote Like 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Peter became, when he refocused, a man who was kept by the power of God, then relying on his own power to keep him. When your focus failed, is it because you were trying to handle the thing by yourself? Is it because you were trying to rely on your own abilities and your own power? Or did you turn to God in prayer and in thought and say, God, I need to get through this and I need your help because I can't do it. When your focus fails, 
We have to turn to the power of God to refocus us. 1 Peter 1 verse 13. Peter says, therefore gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest your heart or your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he refocused, Peter, the text says, counted on his mind, not his might. Gird up the loins of your mind. That word loins is a word that refers to the middle. It was that which ties everything together. It is the basis of what life is about. In fact, it refers to the reproductive section of your body. What is he saying? When your mind, when you gird up the loins of your mind, Remember and think about how to reproduce in your mind the things that are right and good. Reproduce the message of God for the moment in which you find yourself. That's why Peter would use that phrase. Gird up the loins of your mind. In that same analogy, reproducing in your mind the things of God. Not the might of your own life. A final passage is 1 Peter chapter 5. A passage you know quite well beginning in verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, but resist. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same temptations are accomplished in your brethren. Peter said when he refocused, he became really aware of the danger. He wasn't merely around it. We're around the dangers that Satan offers all the time. We are constantly inundated by it. And when our focus fails, it's because we are around it, but we don't see the danger in it. We're not aware of what it's really doing. And for that moment, we set aside the danger to participate in whatever it is. When Peter refocused his life, he was really sensitive and really aware of what was going on around him. He wasn't merely living around it. Here's what I've always thought, and you probably too. If Peter can fail that many times and get up, then I can too. Let me go one step farther before we close. This great man, Peter, who was given the privilege of announcing the new covenant and the new terms of salvation, Acts chapter 2. This one whose greatness dominated the first half of the book of Acts wrote these two great letters, uh, letters at the end of his life to those who were struggling, going through persecution, going through difficulty, First and Second Peter. That man 
had another hiccup in his life in Galatians 2. The big controversy going on in the early church were those Jewish Christians who were trying to bind on the Gentiles certain aspects of the Jewish faith as a part of Christianity. And Peter got caught up in it. And he wouldn't even eat with Gentiles with whom he had been eating because those Jews showed up. He lost his focus one more time and Peter or Paul had to rebuke him. Here's the point. We lose our focus. We get upset. We fail. We've all experienced it. We all know what it feels like. We all know what causes it. But Peter says, you can refocus and you can recover. And Job has said, when you're in the middle of it, you don't have to lose your focus. So today, I hope that this has been a good study for you on the subject of focusing in on the things of God. We began this year with high expectation. Obviously, the year 2020. And it was going to be the year of the theme of the whole year to focus. We never thought that we would be focusing on the things that we have been since March. Maybe we've lost our focus a bit because we've been away and apart from the things that we had been doing for a long time as far as the church is concerned. It's time to refocus. It's time to refocus individually, but it's time to refocus as a church. And as we get back together in these assemblies together next Sunday, let us begin the process of refocusing as a church on the work that we have chosen to do, the opportunities that are here. And if you during this time have sort of lost focus on the spiritual side because the physical has so flooded us, let me encourage you, refocus as Peter did, refocus as a church. And let's get moving again as we need to. If these words have gotten upon your heart in a way that you need to have us help you and pray for you in some way, certainly here for that. I hope if there's someone who's not obeyed Jesus, that this will cause you to focus on him and decide that you're ready to do that in baptism. But for now... May God bless our country. May God bless us as individuals. May God bless us as a church as we focus and move forward. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.